Friends, welcome to another episode of Narrative Society where we just believe that there is power in every single person's story. And today uh, we get to sit down uh, with one of my good friends, Kate Young. Kate is an author, she's a poet, and she just released a brand new book called And the Garden Is Me. And this is one of my all-time favorite episodes. And I just know no matter what the season of life looks like for you, where you're at, you're going to be encouraged as we just talk about the realities of life, her journey to becoming an author and publishing a book and there is something on the table for every single person here today so many lessons to be learned Uh, but above all i just hope that you are encouraged Uh, so do me a favor share this episode with a friend if it encourages you would you leave a review and uh, get ready for this episode with my friend kate young kate here we are thank you for jumping on the call how are you today i'm good how are you doing I'm great. I'm sitting, sitting, in, sitting uh, hidden away in my office. It's, it's some peace and quiet from my family, and I'm hanging out with my, my great friend, Kate. So I'm feeling great. Yes, I'm loving it. I'm loving your whiteboard. <laughs> very, 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 very uh, good technology I have here. But hey, uh, man, thank, thank you for jumping on the call. And as I said earlier, Kate's one of my great friends and has been one of the pillars in our life. And just want to jump on and chat with you around storytelling and, and really uh, kind of uh, talk a little bit about your personal story. And then also in the vein of you've just uh, written a book and excited to talk about that. And so I'd love for you to just take a second and give just everyone a little snapshot of what your world looks like, your a little bit of your story uh, to catch us up to speed with today. Yes. Okay. So I am a writer and an, a poet and I guess an author now. I, I sure am just I'm just releasing my first official collection of poems. It's called And the Garden is Me. And it is basically poems I've written over the last like five years since becoming a mom. So I'm a mom. I have three kids. They're five, three, and six months old. Um, And I most of the time just stay home with them. And I'm from Anderson, South Carolina, where we currently reside. And I I was a poetry major in college. So I have been writing for a really long time. Um, And then did that in college and it's always been a vital vital part of my life that I feel like in the last few years I've kind of tried to pivot into like taking it a little more seriously so so that's where I am I love it and and uh you uh, we'll make sure everyone needs to go check out your Instagram see see all, all some of your poetry but also make sure you go buy the book but the first question I want to ask you is is this has been a, a long journey over many many years and how how do you feel like you've quote-unquote found your voice over the years uh in becoming a writer and feeling confident in that yeah i was thinking through this question and it's it's funny like i I feel like i could answer it multiple ways but the one that came to mind first was just like writing i know it sounds silly but just write 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 like i just am looking back and i'm realizing how much how many cumulative hours i feel like i've just like built at this point of just sitting down and writing probably pretty like subpar stuff or just journals or whatever like over the years to where I can now look back obviously now I share what I write so I can look back and see like what do I actually have to say you know I can kind of take like a 30,000 foot view of like this is who I am in words and this is how I write and it's kind of mindless at this point and I think you also just so yeah, you have to practice. You can't just jump out the gate and say like, this is my voice when you really right. have t- not taken the time to discover 
what that even is, who you really are, and then what you bring to the table. I think I've taken some time to observe like what what is my story? And I think our stories give us specific power and specific authority to speak on specific things and not others. You know, like I would never feel like an authority figure on sports, but like, but you would be, um, so like Uh, I wishful. Yeah. Well, more so than me, you could be an authority figure on what it's like (laughs) to play sports. And so I just, I would not, you know, categorize my, my voice through the lens of things that I don't know or understand or try to speak to things that I don't know and understand. I think we speak from a place of, at least when we want to speak with power, we speak from a place where we have experience and where God has met us or where we've had to really press in and dig in and figure out what we're kind of made of. So I think I'm observing now, like the things that feel particularly me, not necessarily creatively, but like content uh, is like, the places that I feel like God's given me experience to speak to and therefore maybe some encouragement that's specific, you know? Um, so yeah. And then, I mean, it's, it's also as technical as like when I'm editing this book that I was working on, I was editing it with a friend and it was just interesting to have the experience of someone else reading my words in front of me and like pausing where I didn't mean for her to pause And it's simple little like literary tools that I don't even realize I'm using poorly until, I don't know. So I'm having to sharpen my own, like, I have a voice maybe like in theory, but then you're technical. You have to put some technicality on like how that gets communicated so that it's, it's actually like effective, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's great. When when you look back uh, at over the life of from a, back in the day when you're in college studying like this is this is the dream and, and the years have gone by, are there any key moments where you look like and you look back and you mentioned how your story has shaped your voice? That is is there a moment in time where you just remember I don't know sitting in a cafe or a hardship or anything that you feel like just a story to tell? Yeah, I think from a young age. So I have a chronic illness. Um, it's like a rare autoimmune disease. And so from a young age, I was just in pain a lot, um, like physical everyday pain. And I don't think I realized until I was 15 and had medication for it that I had spent that much time. I didn't have anything to compare it to. All I had known was pain. So I look back from 15 and before and I see like kind of these beautiful tools God gave me to like just appreciate everything that was good. Like have like a, I guess like an optimistic glass half full kind of like outlook on life, but also just like, I really did kind of as a young kid, like practice gratitude, like practice, like writing out beautiful things that I was thankful for. And I think that was more of a coping mechanism than anything else. But now as an adult, when I've had my children, I've had to go off of that medication. And so I've kind of been put back in that same position of daily pain several times, like for probably the most, the majority of my twenties. And, um, and I think it was just interesting to be in that position again and realize, okay, God had given me a specific way of coping and 
working out like my feelings and my struggle in words. And, um, and overall, like that's not really one specific memory. It's just, it's a thread that has like not left me ever. Um, even when I'm right now, like I'm 31, I'm on my medication. I don't plan to ever really go off of it again. And I still feel very like built by that experience, just personality wise and gifting wise. Like I'm still drawing from that all the time, you know, so. There's, some, there's something about pain where, where whether yeah, you're a writer, pastor, yeah. leader, business, whatever, and whatever your occupation is, it's it's pain can refine and, and shape your character, your voice, who you are. Uh, but often, often we we want to push it away. And I think something yeah. you do beautifully is uh, capture those realities and put it into into written word. And so, how do, what what does that look like for you of having the ability to, I guess, visually see what's around you and then capture that and and put that into written form? It feels like so. In college, I wrote this collection of poetry for my senior like portfolio that I had to do, and I named it "Tending to Keep." And I realized about myself that the way that I like remember like like a photographer would take pictures i like store life and like keep life in words like that is how it's imperative to me at this point it's not like it is life it's it's like i can't get away without doing that and when i don't do that i feel like life is just whizzing past me and i'm not like wrestling it down and making sense of it and So I just think, um, yeah, I mean, on a daily, like practical basis, it looks like I'll be in the middle of doing something and I have to stop everything I'm doing because I witnessed my daughter look a certain way out the window and it like strikes me. And I never, I feel as though if I do not put this in some form that I can read back years from now or she can read back years from now it won't exist anymore Mm. um it's like it's exhausting honestly (laughs) it's like i wish sometimes that i wasn't i wasn't that way because i feel like i'm it's a you know it's like a very tedious activity to me but i feel like i'm collecting and keeping and storing like probably hoarding sometimes like all the precious little things and I really couldn't tell anyone how to be that way because it feels like it's just how I was made. It's <laughs> great. It almost in a way gives you an eye to yeah capture all, all the little moments, whether it's yeah your daughter looking out the window or or because I think some sometimes in life we wait for the grand moments of of whatever you got got the got the uh, job that you wanted or whatever it might be, but it's like having the eye to see all the little moments in every single day that's ultimately shaping the, the grander story. And and yeah. I guess I guess what what has that looked like for you? Because I think sometimes you can feel paralyzed in man. I need to have. The perfect environment, like the 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 music's right, the whatever, and and the reality is you've got three little kids, a lot lot yeah. happening in your life. Like, what yeah. what has that looked like for you over the years? Just becoming settled in in capturing those those moments. Yeah, I've had to let go of everything aesthetically pleasing about it. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I think as a young kid, I just romanticized. Like, oh, even in college, I would go take myself on these little like dates and sit in a coffee shop and get a little pastry and sit in the corner and 
write something, you know, that I was observing and it was such a beautiful experience. And I still, you know, with the help of a husband and friends, like I can still do that from time to time, but yeah, it's very rare. So I've had to just, you know, that girl, we love her, but she, she's dead now. (laughs) She doesn't (laughs) exist anymore. You know, she's not, but she, she's had to grow up and she's had to, get a little grittier and a little like, you know, more willing to just get things done when they can happen and stop what I'm doing and write and prioritize that. I think that's part of the problem as a, as a mother in particular is it's hard to just prioritize things that feel selfish or just for us, you know, and you have to remember that they're not like every time I take the time to write something, it is for my good, but it's also for the good of my children because they're getting a, you know, a more like a healed version of me. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's very like not glamorous. It's just as we go on the, on a note in my phone, um, you know, and then like, thankfully I, and now I'm going to have a beautiful version, you know, like a aesthetically pleasing version. Right. But all those little moments were not, they weren't, they weren't aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> you know, they were just life. Tell, tell me about one of those moments that, that maybe comes to mind where it wasn't aesthetically pleasing, everything's crazy. And then all of a sudden you, you capture a moment that maybe is in your book now or something. Oh, I have this one poem called Happy God that is like so, so important to me. And it, it's one, sometimes poems for me are like, uh, they're hard and I have to kind of like wrangle them down to the ground. And sometimes it's like download, like bloop, 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 bloop. And I'm like writing down as fast as I can. And I feel like I'm not writing and it feels very like Holy spirit inspired. And so happy God was that like, I had a dream. I woke up, I wrote line by line what happened in my dream, but my kids are like needing me desperately. They're just like running around, like, pulling on me, climbing on me. And I'm just like head in my phone, like writing this thing down. And I feel that happens all the time. And I feel like I'm neglecting the current need over this like thing that, you know, it's so precious to me, but I like don't know how to value it in, in perspective with everything floating around me. So sometimes they get lost and I just say, "Ah, that one doesn't get to happen. But because this is more important or something like this, you know, what's happening around me with my kids. And sometimes they feel, it feels like they can wait 30 seconds while I, Mm -hmm. you know, download something that I feel like is important. Mm -hmm. So there's that just ability of, of it's something even not that I'm writing poems, but I, I, and try to have a daily practice of whether it's just writing down one thing that happened that day of, yeah. of, of a good moment or a funny moment with the kids or whatever, and just trying to as best have an eye to capture what what's taking place. Cause it's so easy. Just like the days, days turn into months, months turn into year. And you're like, man, like what's, what's been taking place. And I think there's, there's something special to, I don't know, having a settledness in the moment of, of the every day that we have, cause the world wants to move quick and, and keep moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. but just having settledness in that. Yeah, so. for sure. 
how 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 have you over the years i i guess kind of grown into uh just feeling comfortable with the idea of uh this is something a gifting on your life that you've worked on for a long time but just feeling settled in the season of life that you find yourself in um and 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 the journey that you've been on as a writer like tell tell me i guess the evolutions of of yeah. over the years um for you in that yeah well for years i would write and i knew that you know in goal i'd love to write books like i would love to do that i've wanted to do that i started writing my first book when i was in college and i hated it every line i wrote i hated it um like i didn't feel proud of it but i felt like this is my purpose i'm just not like I don't have anything to say yet. Kind of like I haven't caught up to this like version of myself that I see a little bit. So, but I did the work of sitting down and writing. And I think that practice was really valuable. I just didn't really need to share it. Um, and then fast forward, we're married a few years and Daniel really encouraged me to like, take some time. We were changing, like we were moving and he was, he got a new job. And he really encouraged me, like, you were made to write. Like, do not... I had done a couple full-time, like, nine-to-five jobs at this point, And I just was not thriving emotionally. So he just challenged me, like, you, you, you like, get a job, but, like, get one where you have the flexibility to write and figure out what that looks like. Because we don't have kids. you can We can afford to do that, basically. So he kind of took a risk. And I feel like I squandered that a little bit. Like, I've really dealt with a lot of shame. Um, over that time period because I worked at this coffee shop and I met people and I spent all this time like getting to know people. And then I would come home and like try to write. And I just like had nothing to say. (laughs) And I felt so like I'm a terrible writer. Like I don't have a voice, you know, and it really got to me. And I was like, I'm just going to hang this thing up. And I'm like, I need to find a job, whatever, you know, I become a mom. And then, you know, I endure a lot of pain physically. And it was like, I'm just in my house with these little kids and I cannot stop writing. Like the words keep coming. I decide I'm getting off of Instagram because I, this was back in 2017 when my first daughter was born. I decide I'm getting off Instagram because I just need to like head down, engage and like be in this life that I'm trying to like figure out, you know? So I just buried myself in like home the word writing family you know children despair loneliness like whatever it was i just kind of sat and a couple years later i just felt it was actually at the beginning of covid i just kind of had this moment of like okay i have all this stuff that i've written that feels like it could actually benefit somebody like it feels like maybe I'm not alone in like what I'm feeling. And so I just hopped back on Instagram, felt, you know, felt like I'd kind of transitioned from I need to be like taking a time out right now to like I have benched myself in life. Like I have put myself over here and I've said like you don't get to come out and play anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just had this like wake up call of like I think I can be trusted. Like I think I can trust myself to be in the space in a responsible way that doesn't like consume me and doesn't lead to comparison. And I think I know enough who I am to bring 
something valuable and not that, not let that go to my head or, you know, like I just felt refined in a way like where I could still grow, but in that space again. And so I hop back in and I start sharing poems and it took a while to really figure out like, what am I doing? Like I felt really silly, but I just felt like if one or two people connect to what I'm sharing, then that's a win for me. Like to know I'm not alone and like motherhood and early motherhood and being tired and sleep deprived and lonely and all the things and feeling like I'm being, you know, completely flipped on my head, like who I am and what my priorities are. And it ended up being um, really valuable. So then, you know, just to quickly end it, like really recently when I had my son six months ago, it was a very traumatic birth. And I like left the hospital and my immediate thought was like, I've got to write this book. Like I've, it felt imperative. Like I could have died and I hadn't done this thing that like I was meant to do. So I just quickly, like basically the last six months just got this thing together. And it was, I really had to repent for burying my own like belief in this thing that God wanted to do because of that prior experience of like squandering it, which I wasn't doing. I wasn't squandering it. I just didn't have life yet. You know, like I hadn't lived anything really. Like I didn't have a a voice. I didn't have anything to say. I, I was in a very like learning, soaking in like sponge season, taking in life, you know? And so now I feel not like I'm done learning at all. Like, but I have, I can keep learning and I have something to give, you know, like just a little bit, just a little something to give to maybe like 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds, you know, yeah. like, um, young moms, like young married people. So that's kind of the journey. So good, Kate. Three three things that kind of stood out to me that I'd love to speak to for this, this the idea of men, the shame that you're feeling in your younger years, uh, because yeah, the, the reality is we're in a world that's like, pushing younger people to promote and 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 publicize every aspect of their life for good or for bad yeah. uh but but what would you just simply if you would go back to young kate who's who's yeah. trying to figure it out if you sit at a coffee shop like what what would be some of the things you, you'd say uh in, yeah. in that pressure that you're feeling of men there is like there's a gifted thing that you're trying to grow and you're trying to steward yeah but what what would be some encouragement that you'd pass on right yeah i think i would just say like hey like it is enough for today for you to sit down and write in your journal and take in the world around you and the pressures off or like, you know, some, just what I would tell myself right now, like with this book, like the pressure's off. Like I don't, this book doesn't have to sell millions of copies, you know, like doesn't even have to sell hundreds of copies, like whatever, whatever you have to give right now, if God wanted you to have more, you would have more. So like what you have to give steward that and trust that like you, you know, the more will be added. (laughs) It's biblical, you know? And I just think I love remembering her because I feel like there's a future version of me that is remembering this version of me that is saying like, there's no pressure, like give what you have to give. And, and he will be faithful with it and 
he will add if there's more, you know, like, so I just, I hate, yeah, I think we do live in such a, like, uh, I call it like a, um, like a monologue culture, you know, like the, the way that Instagram and everything is working right now, it's very like, let me share what I have to say. And I think it's dangerous for young people. Like I really do. I think it was dangerous for me. It's dangerous for young people who don't, you know, who need to like, just look around and experience life, like be a good friend, be a good roommate, like be a good kid to your, like to your parents, you know, like just enjoy what's around you and trust that like the more will be added. Mm-hmm. That's great. And and with, with that as, as another thing that stood out to me as, as you're sharing the story is just around that season of life, when you become a mom, you kind of go double down into, I'm going into hiddenness. Like I'm just going to be present yeah. going offline. Um, what, what would you say to anyone who, who not necessarily that may, maybe their action step is to jump offline and just be like fully present, but just like that clearly did something deep in you and, and just speak more to, um, yeah, I guess any encouragement to anyone in, in a season of life of, of men, just being fully present, what, what would be your yeah. encouragement in that? Cause I know that that did so much in you. That's kind of propelled you into where you are now. Yeah. I would just say I'm, I'm with you. I am back in that place of feeling like that would be really scary to do. Like mm-hmm. I am with you and in feeling intimidated by just hiding away for a while and like ducking down and being present and like there the way that the world is built right now, like you do miss out, like you will. So you just have to like acknowledge that and, and say like, I'm willing to miss out for whatever the more is that can, can happen. You don't do it out of like, you know, legalism or whatever, but like I'm about to put back into practice just some like, I don't know if it'll be, I'm off for like one week a month or I'm off on the weekends and I'm back on during the weekdays. Like I have to figure out for me and my schedule what will work, but I'm trying to implement some sort of rhythm that isn't like, so that I don't need to go dark for three years <laughs> because, because right. I think that was so valuable, but I do like want to, I want to like, ultimately do this thing God's called me to do and not like hide it away when I feel like I actually have value to give. So I got to figure out how to steward that. And I would just say like, if you're out there feeling that way too, you're not alone and you got to really sit down with a pen and paper and think about like what that could look like for you and get creative and then stick to it, have the discipline and, and have the belief in God that like what you miss out on you will gain in whatever it is you're needing, whether it's like intimacy with God, presence with your children, um, that it will be more than anything you could miss. Mm-hmm. There's a sweetness to, to hiddenness, whether it's yeah running away from social media for a period of time or uh, whatever aspect of life. And I think as you do that, when you go into obscurity and to kind of hidden places, mm-hmm. it's like, man, one, if, if you are a Christian following God, it's like you, you, you have that deep intimacy with God of man, you're, you're all I have. Plus you, it gives you a presence 
being present around, around and having eyes to see. But it, but ultimately, it's like every season of life, like you are you are growing and 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 depositing things into your life for your future mm-hmm. self. That now you're reaping what was sown however many years ago, and and it's just been an, an accumulative compounding effect. And I think we we get so bogged down of like what can what can happen today? What what's the momentary yeah. pleasures? But having having a grandness to lift our eyes up and see, man, what's as you said earlier is 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 what's future Kate going to look back and remember on this season of life? And that that's just such a great uh, way and perspective uh, to, to live. And um, so with, with that, I'd love to uh, ask you like a, a bigger question is, is what, what ultimately is like the, the story that you would love to be told of, of your life when it, when it's all said and done, like what, what are yeah. big question, but, but what are those dreams and what are those things that you feel like, man, this is what I'd love to be uh, true of my life. Yeah, I would love I want it to be said about me that I stewarded well what I was given. I think it all comes back to that statement, like that I stewarded, you know, responsibility well, relationships well, that I was a kind friend, that I showed up for people, that I was present, that I didn't miss life. Like I didn't let it just sneak past me, um, that I was faithful with my gifts that I was faithful to apologize when I was wrong, um, which is a lot. Um, yeah, like it matters to me that I don't squander my life away or, Mm -hmm. or just miss it. Like those are my two biggest fears. I think is like wasting time and life or missing life. Mm -hmm. And I, I hope that by keeping that like at the forefront, I'm, I'm potentially not doing either of those things. Right. As, as you're, uh, yeah, desiring to, to not waste life, uh, which I definitely don't think you are, uh, and, Thanks, <laughs> uh, and, and just not miss it. Um, how, how, how have you, because one thing I, I, I am confident of you, and I'm sure you definitely have insecurities as we all do, but it's like you seem very settled and very very like calm in in who you are, and it's I'm sure it's been many years of journey. But um, and I think like what you do is, is such like your your craft is on display. Like it's it's not like you're quote unquote I don't know doing something hidden, but it's like you're it's a public thing. Uh, and so I, I would just say, how how have you learned? to just be settled in, in one who you are while also wrestling with insecurities that, that you might feel at times and any advice Mm -hmm. that you just pass on to anyone. I think it really goes back to just seasons of hiddenness and like becoming very convinced by God himself of like who I am, who he is, how little I can disturb who he is. Like, how little I can like change who he is, who I'm like meant to be. I cannot mess up God's character. I can get, I can display it incorrectly, but I can't change it or mess it up. So there's no touching that. Like that is so permanent and big and, you know, exactly who and how he needs to be at all times. And there's such a comfort in that to me, like that I really like, there's nothing I could do 
to rob God of being God. Um, and therefore, like my inheritance is also, I don't have to be moved. Like all day long, I'm bumping up against my own fallacies and imperfections. I get angry at my kids and have to apologize. I lash out at someone when they're saying something that's offensive to me, you know, like I am aware of my imperfections. I just am also very much even more so aware of like who I am as God's kid and how little his opinion of me changes because of my imperfections. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. he has not changed his mind about me. He won't. So there's just this, there's this comfort and grace to like the fact that I can go through life and so-and-so could say this thing about me that isn't true or, or is true. I could have been mean. I could have been rude. I could have blown them off, whatever. Hopefully not. I'm trying not to do those things, but, but if I did, that could absolutely be true of my behavior. It does not change at all who I am and my identity. So I don't know. I just take really, I feel like the last six years for me, have just been like, I've really grabbed hold of that. Like you can't convince me God's not kind or good or faithful. You couldn't convince me that I'm not loved and pure and whole in the eyes of God. You cannot like those things can't be like wrestled out of my hands. And so it's not that I'm not affected and tender towards like other people and their offenses or whatever. It's not a like, well, then how I treat people doesn't matter. It's the opposite. It's like, I want so desperately to um, be so unmoved and resolved in how I feel about my God, like my God and me that like, I can be the most, you know, tender, kind, empathetic, unfazed, personally person to the people around me. Um, And I've just found that, I don't know, I've found that to be like a really peaceful place to live. I don't know. It's powerful. It's, 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 I, I hope everyone listening would, would, would take there's something, something for everyone in, in this conversation, no matter the career, no matter, the, no matter the gr- dreams and just the settleness that you bring. And I, I hope, I hope people are encouraged in that. And, uh, we're, we're about to bring our time to a close, but I got, I got, uh, one last tricky question for you. I'm going to put, put oh, you on no. the spot. Uh, I, I'm, and I'm sure you're going to hit it out of the park. In, in maybe you can be as artistic as you want with this or just as, as simple as possible, but just in one or two sentences, uh, what would be your hope for people uh, in reading your book? Like what, what's, what's your dream for um, them and, and just a, a quick little encouragement? I hope that when people read my book, they want to put it down and create something of their own. I hope that it, sparks a like just a like wonder and presence where they just are like forget everything I just read I want to write my own book I want to paint something I want to show up 
really well in this next conversation with my kid. I hope it just like encourages something super genuine and pure for people. And I'm sure it will. And I hope they like sitting it on their coffee table and putting their coffee cup next to it. And I hope aesthetically that makes them very glad. <laughs> uh, it, we, 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 will, we will definitely be doing that in the bullhouse. But okay, <laughs> Kate, I'm, I'm thankful for, for this time. I'm thankful for, for you as a friend. And, and I, I am sure this, this conversation has helped a lot of people. Um, I would just lo- love to, again, if, if, is there any last parting words that you, you would have uh, as a way of encouragement? And then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up in just a second. Is there any la- last thoughts? Honestly, no, I'm just thankful for you. I'm thankful for you doing this and just creating space for people to share stories for the way you shared your story, for who you are, for the fact that you've invited people into grief and storytelling. I think it's valuable and I see you and I appreciate you. Thanks for this. Thank you, Kate. Well, uh, practically, where, what, what's what's the best steps for people? Whether it's yeah, good old Instagram. What, what's what's oh, what's the all, 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 all the all the plugs? Because so people can, <laughs> oh can follow, follow your story. Uh, okay, so Instagram is at Young Kate with two underscores. Uh, that's unfortunate, but the real young <laughs> the real young Kate will not give up her handle to me. She is she has never used it one time. She's an elderly lady, and I bless on, her in Jesus' name. But she is, she is really, she is really holding it down. I don't think she checks her messages. Um, <laughs> and so then Young Kate and then uh, youngkate.com is where you can purchase my book uh, and the garden is me. And also it's just in the link of my Instagram bio. So thank awesome. you, Josh. Of course. Well, everyone go get it and, and follow Kate's Instagram because because I, I say this, this is my last plug for Kate. In my personal journey for, for with, with grief, and in having children, literally, and Kate, I don't know if I ever said this to you, so I'm sorry that I'm now saying it to you over a uh, meeting. But it's like, truly, your words have brought so much healing to to the bulls. And I say that with full sincerity, like that, like your poetry ha- has impacted us in many ways. Uh, and more than that, your life has. So thank you for this time. Thank you. You're the best, Kate. And, and thank you, everyone, for listening to this conversation. Have a good day. All right. See you.